Howdy. You're listening to the Think Francis Podcast, a BCS Habitat for Humanity production. We're dedicated to promoting housing affordability, economic opportunity, and financial resiliency for families in Brazos County. This episode is part of a series of candidate interviews for the two races on the College Station City Council. The election is November 2nd, 2021. And by the way, the College Station City Council races are all at large. So if you're eligible to vote in College Station, you can vote for both races. I'll be honest with you, most people will stay home and let others decide the future of College Station, but we hope you don't. We hope you'll not only listen to the rest of these episodes, but also share this podcast with your friends and your neighbors. Now on to the interview. I think Brazos is joined today by Dennis Maloney, who's a sitting city council member, place six. Is that right? College station. And also a candidate for re-election um, in November of this year, 2021. So thank you so much, councilman, for joining us today. My pleasure. So I wanted to ask you a few questions, but before I did, I was looking up your background and I noticed that you are actually a painter and you've been a painter for maybe, what'd you say, 40 years? Only 45. Only 45 years. Wow. That's how I got through college. And it was the one thing I could do well because I'm, I was the worst English teacher in the universe. Well, I got to tell you, I got to shake your hand. And here's why. <laughs> I used to think I love painting, but I redid the whole interior of my house and did all the painting myself this yeah. summer. Yeah. That is the most frustrating, to me anyways, the oh. most frustrating job in the world because you have to be so careful. Maybe it's not my oh. personality, but like I'm always impressed when I meet somebody who's done that for well, so many I, years. I love people like you. It helps, it helps put my kids through college. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, no, I love it. Painting to me is relaxing. It gives you time to think about other things. Right. And so well, that's, that's awesome. It doesn't take many, many brain cells to paint, and I've proved that, so <laughs> it's good. Well, but you've also been on the city council, I'd say on and off uh, the College Station City Council for, I thought I saw since 1999. 1999 was when I was first elected. Uh, I've been on, on and off the council. I've served a total of 12 years on. Wow. So I've been involved with a lot of, a lot of uh, yeah. changes in the city of College Station. I'll tell you, it's interesting because Habitat, I never had an interview with Habitat. <laughs> but when I was on the, when I first got on the council in 99, since I've been involved Myself with uh, painting homes and yeah. not new homes. I only mm-hmm. repainted uh, older homes for, for homeowners. I wouldn't work for a builder. Right. Um, I, I, I always um, championed the idea of the city working with Habitat for Humanity to build oh, really? homes. Because, well, the thing is, when I looked at our first budget and I saw how much money we were spending to build a home, I thought, hey, man. At the time, you could build a home for about $35, $40 a square foot. Mm. I said, we could get twice the home with Habitat for Humanity than us building a home. You know, we're, we're subbing out to regular contractors. Right. We, and Habitat uses a lot of, a lot of volunteer work. Yeah. Well, it turned out that there was some kind of state statute that prevented us from being able to do that. Uh. But I kept pounding it. And over the years, it finally came to fruition. So I'm real happy that we get a lot more house for a lot less money. And especially the down payment assistance program. We have a down payment assistant, Debbie Eller, at the Mm -hmm. City College Station. Excellent program. Can help you with all sorts of things for housing. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to cut to the chase with this thing, okay? Because I've thought about this a lot, affordable housing. Sure. And I've done uh, construction myself. Uh, For myself, my family and everything. And so I know how expensive it is. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you an example. In College Station, the, the hardest thing is the land. Mm-hmm. It just costs so much money. Right. Here's an example. We lived on Welsh Avenue, my wife and I, mm-hmm. since 1975, when I graduated A&M. 
And then we bought a house across the street from where we had rented from Dr. Glazner for five years. Sure. And we lived in that house for 33 years. And across the street, we bought a two-bedroom duplex. Okay. Okay? Now, we were able to rent it cheap and kept, kept it forever until we sold it uh, two years ago. The reason why we sold it was that the taxes were $8,000. Wow. Okay? $8,000 of taxes. Why? Because... The land was worth two hundred and fifty thousand yep. dollars. The house itself was worth about sixty or seventy. So I thought about this a lot. I thought, man, the problem the problem with, with, with housing in College Station is the land cost. Up the street from us on Welsh was the Habitat for Humanity home. Nice guy, worked yep. for the custodial service for AM, unfortunately died of a heart attack, and now the house is a rental house. His son had to sell it because right, right. they, they had afford. to sell it. Yep. They had to sell it. And and now it, it's a it's a it's a rental house for, 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 for an investor. Mm-hmm. And we lost a home for home for, right. for, for the original intent. So here's the solution. Okay. I thought about this. AM University, when you build on their property, but guy built a, a, an airplane hangar for his jet out at the, out of Eastwood airport. Okay. Okay. He built that. All right. He has a 50 year lease on that. Hmm. He's going to be dead and gone by the time that lease is expired. Yeah. At that time, that hangar goes to Texas A&M University. So like a why ground lease. Right. Why can't, why can't Habitat for Humanity buy a hunk of land, own that land, lease it for a dollar, recurring lease for perpetuity, as long as it's owned by that family. Mm-hmm. And then when the family sells it, then the lease has to be re-looked at. And if they sell it, let's say, let's say they sold, they, they sell the house for $400,000 because it's been 20 years in the future. Right. Okay. Well, the land is worth three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The house is worth a hundred thousand dollars. The owners get the hundred thousand dollars. Habitat Humanity gets the land, mm-hmm. or Habitat Humanity can go ahead and renew the lease at a different price for someone else. And that's something that we've actually looked at. I looked at it a few years ago, yeah. and it's one of our options: the ground leasing idea. Um, one of the things about it, um, which you know, maybe a different episode we can get into more in depth, but it, it is an intriguing idea. There are a few things related to, you know, how would the city view it? But I'm happy that you're the one bringing it up oh. because sometimes cities say, "Well, we're leaving a lot of money on the table because of taxes no, or things no, like no. that." It's- and so you really have to have city support behind you. And I'm glad to hear that this is an option oh, you're man. actually interested in. I don't see any um, other solution, and, and it's two prong attack for me. Mm-hmm. I, one. If Habitat owns the land, I mean, the people are still paying for, for the, for the sure. taxes on the, on the structure on itself. The but as a nonprofit, you don't pay taxes on right. the land. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is this, man. Even if you get them in the house like that, if you're paying the people $750, $10 an hour, you're not getting that house, buddy. All you're doing is, you know, you're working for the house. Sure. So we got to, we got to look at having a living wage in College Station. And, yeah. and that, I think we have to think about going to the $15 an hour okay. level. I really do. So we got you on record on that. I no, know there's I, some I've really interesting. Listen, my employees, when I, when I had employees there, I made $1 an hour off each employee. That's it. That's, That's it. it. And believe me, I had to buy the brushes, the drop cloths, wow. the ladders, and, and schlep them around with, with the, you know, driving them and everything. I just felt like. They, they, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't be making, or I don't know what the deal is. I got a weird philosophy, but mm-hmm. I just thought I wouldn't want to be treated that way. Yeah. You know? And so a dollar an hour, that helped me pay for the brushes and the, and the drop cloths. So tell me about this. So you've mentioned the, the land lease idea. Right. You also mentioned another idea for existing homeowners. I believe it was on WTAW to give them credit. And it had to do with possibly 
working with the state to freeze right. people's taxes. Right. Is that something that you I still... I love this idea. Look, yes. Uh, let me see. What is it? 63 to 70% of all housing and college stations rental. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven out of 10 of every rent uh, rental property in College Station is owned by someone that doesn't live in College Station, Texas. They're owned mm-hmm. by investors. Why? It's a cash cow. You get re- great return on your, they're getting 7% plus return on their investment. Try to find that anywhere else without sure. gambling on the stock market. Mm-hmm. So I thought about this. You get in your house and you can afford it. Okay. You can just afford it. Everything works. Mm-hmm. And then inflation comes in and the land value goes up. The house value goes up and suddenly you're paying as much for taxes as you did for your mortgage sure. when you start out with the home. So if you're 65 and above, or if you're a, or, um, a veterans that, were, that yeah. was uh, injured, your taxes are frozen. Correct. So if you have a homestead, it seems to me that if you can freeze it for 65 and above because you're, you're limited income, sure. why not for someone that gets into a, a, a Habitat for Humanity home, or anyone that just starts with their first home, mm-hmm. why not freeze those taxes as long as you're living in that home, as long as it's owner-occupied and homestead exemption, okay? okay? Then when the house sells to the new owner, it's, it's appraised at the, current, at the, at the market value, okay. and the new owner occupied with the homestead exemption keeps that, stays in that same niche. Okay. You're only talking about 30, 30 to 35% of the uh, houses. Okay, so you don't think that would have make a huge dent in the budget it, everything makes a so huge dent in the budget but that the, was my question yeah, no, to it, you. It, yes. everything does but the point is is that if that's the case uh, you can you know you tweak it you have to tweak it you have to find some way to tweak it and it may be that you just pay a little bit extra for investment property okay now can we talk uh, one more kind of housing related issue uh, that I think is working its way through the council in the next month or so is the impact fees. Yeah. I, th- I think that's something that's adjusted every year. Um, I know there are feelings one side or another yeah. on it. Um, do you feel that, that we need to go up on those or do you like impact fees, uh, fees as a principle? Well, uh, I think you have to have impact fees. Okay. I mean, some cities don't do it, but that means that the, the current taxpaying base is paying mm-hmm. for the development. Okay. Um, impact fees. You can some all right. Some cities up. I'll give you an example. Uh, out in Snook, Texas, they're building a gazillion houses right sure. now. Going to double the size of that that city. Uh, they're selling those houses for the same price they're selling for in here. Mm. Okay, they don't have impact fees like here. Interesting. So don't tell me the impact fees cost. The, you know, it, is the reason why things cost a lot. You, the the reason why things cost a lot is because there's pressure from the investment community. The solution for me isn't getting rid of impact fees. You need impact fees because I need roads, I need sewer, I need water. Mm-hmm. If I don't have them, someone has to pay for them. So are you going to have the people that have already paid for their sewer, water, and, and roads right. pay for new sewer, water, and roads for people that, have, that aren't even here yet? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or should the people that, for the houses that are being put up, shouldn't that, shouldn't that the price in there include the cost for a, a a percentage of the course for the sewer, water, roads, and park system that are required there. Someone right. has to pay for it, so I don't know how else yeah. you're going to do it. And so that's that's why you do the impact fees. So I'm, I'm I support okay. impact fees, but they have to be fair. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at it. Every okay. every every most cities do it. 
Others that are desperate yeah. to have construction would just say, come on in and build. But right. in the long run, if you don't have a funding base for those, for sure. those infrastructure needs, you're going to be paying the price down the line. And so um, one idea that was thrown out, I think, at the last council meeting was maybe in certain areas, uh, building certain types of housing, specifically modest starter homes, affordable housing, that there may be some adjustment to the fee structure. Um, uh, you you know, I, about that? I believe Habitat, if, if you're a nonprofit, and, and you have to be careful about nonprofit. Right. I'm talking about nonprofit like Habitat, who's well-vetted, historically known for being honest to God, frugal with their money, hardworking sure. people. they got a great philosophy. You teach people how to manage their money, how to make simple repairs in your home, how to be a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. You, do, you do it right. Now, you can have some others that are, for instance, Goodwill is a nonprofit, right? Sure. Well, the guy that runs Goodwill gets paid a million dollars a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Guess what? Until a few years ago, the NFL was a nonprofit. I remember hearing Why? that. Why? Why? All you have to do is say, hey, you Texas. know what? No one is making a profit. We mm-hmm. distribute all the money to everyone. So, That's right. so you have to be careful about it. I'm saying if you have a nonprofit vetted, vetted like Habitat for Humanity, then uh, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to partner with them on anything to, so that they don't pay any fees for anything. Mm-hmm. Just get in there and set up. Why? That's part of our, our right. We have CDBG sure. funds. Sure. Community development block grant funds that we could use to help pay for those fees that are needed for the infrastructure. Right. And I'll give you an example. We tried uh, back in my last time I was on the council, the time before, I forget which, um, we bought about nine acres of land on Holloman Drive west of the skating rink mm-hmm. and, the, and the fire yeah. station. Okay. Yeah. The, the point of that was that we wanted to find affordable housing. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that 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 council at that time was champion. Let's try to do an, uh, an affordable housing project here and show people we're close to parks, we're close to school, mm-hmm. close to shopping. I mean, it's excellent. Well, uh, I decided not to run for re-election. I just got got burned out. And so I didn't run for re-election. The next council came in there and sold that land. Hmm. And now they have dozens and dozens of three-story townhomes there that sell for $400,000 a piece. Mm-hmm. Because the land is worth so much and right. you're close to campus. But it would have been nice to have a little community there. Right. Where, where, where they're, where they're accessed, you're very close to the schools, shopping, parks, and everything. Yeah. You know, and the mall. I mean, we just lost that opportunity. But the, the challenge is finding the land. And the only solution to the land, again, I go back to the original premise. If you own the land and you lease it, you own it. Mm-hmm. Then the house is affordable in terms of taxes. Have you thought about also the idea of looking at minimum lot sizes? You know, we already mentioned that you've got the dirt is the problem. Right. That's the expensive thing. Right. You know, the ground lease is one idea. Another idea of some cities, San Antonio years ago, went to 3,000 square feet versus yeah. 5,000 or seven. And, you know, you're able to have families that maybe can afford it a little bit better. I'm not talking about in the areas where it's $200,000, right, no, but you. in some of the areas where it's a little right. bit less, like in some of the neighborhoods inhabited. Well, have you thought about that? I, I, I thought about it and, and I look at it and I look at the Camelo development up uh, on the uh, north side of Bryan. Okay. Uh, and they, and their lots, they have only uh, what? 10 feet apart yes. from one another, mm-hmm. small lots, lay down curbs and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and nice, nice little homes and affordable mm-hmm. homes. Try driving a fire truck through there one night. It ain't going to happen. Because when you have that much density without parking, sure, you have a real safety issue. Mm. So I, 
It's a conundrum. I live, I live, uh, Fran and I moved out of uh, the South Side because it was overrun by investment properties and there was absolutely, we were the only owner occupied home on the block. Right. We moved out of there into a patio home. Okay. And so we are five feet away from Mm -hmm. our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And they're designed well that you don't even see them. You know, it's it's very nice. And I like that. They're small little lots and, and it works. But we also have off-street parking mm-hmm. in places, and we all have uh, double garages with parking out in the front. So you would have to design it in right. such a way and restrict it in such a way. And at the same time, I think you would have to have a homeowners association to look after the maintenance of the yards a certain mm-hmm. way. Otherwise, it's going to look like trash right. in no time at all. I don't care who lives there. I don't care how much money you make. There's sure. always someone that says, you know what? I ain't cutting the grass. Sure. You know, I ain't going to paint the house, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I could look at that. If we provided the, if we could find the parking solution, okay, and if we had uh, uh, the maintenance, the maintenance, the okay. exterior maintenance of the of the site. We'd like to take a minute to thank the Habitat Restore for furnishing the studio and let you know that everything, and I mean everything, in the video version of this podcast is currently for sale, except the politicians, of course. If you haven't checked out our Restore, you definitely should. The Habitat for Humanity Restore is the Brazos Valley's premier resale shop where the proceeds of every piece of furniture or decor donated to us go on to help fund building decent, affordable, and sustainable homes for families right here in our community. Here you can find everything from the ordinary to the extraordinary to the downright strange. Seriously, we've had a stuffed coyote donated, which sold surprisingly fast. Currently, we have a great collection of home furniture, including a china cabinet and an antique Singer brand sewing machine. I might have to buy that one. I'm telling you, before you pay full price for home decor, check out Habitat Restore. I'll put the Restore links in the show notes for you. All right, back to the interview. I want to go more broadly from affordable housing to just the city in general. You're running for re-election. Yeah. Um, you're term limited after this term. Yeah. Is that right? Would be, yeah. Um, so not just in the next three years, but in the next 10 years, where would you hope College Station would be? You know, it can be fiscally a very broad question, I know. Uh, but what are some of your, your longer-term goals for the city, even after you uh, well, retire? Uh, yeah, I, I, my goals have always been the same, to make College Station the best city in, in Central Texas, period. And I think we're finally getting there. Uh, okay. We have a city manager and, 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 a, and a staff that's just incredibly talented and visionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people aren't thinking about keeping their jobs. They're thinking about how can we make College Station a better place to live in? So we're taking over our own, uh, our own, uh, branding now. We used to be under the antiquated Bryan College Station thing, you know? Okay. Well, that's, that's all. People are, are coming to College Station because of Texas A&M University. We are the destination community. So, uh, I want to see us promote more of the arts. We have Wolfpang Creek and, mm-hmm. and we've got lots of students that are filled with all sorts of talent. We should be putting on their plays, their, their concerts, uh, rock bands, whatever, yep. dance, whatever, the, whatever their skills are. We should sure. be utilizing, we should be showcasing them at Wolfpang Creek. Uh, we need to bring in more entertainment venues. Why? Because we're, we're a hospitality community. People sure. come here to go to the school and to visit the school. And then why not spend another night or two coming to College Station and, and uh, visit our restaurants, share our parks, yeah, but also venues. Yeah. So we're looking to uh, see, uh, have a military heritage museum over at Veterans Park. That's going to cool. be very exciting. Yeah. Uh, 
I'd like to see us, I would love to see us have a science and technology museum. I will never understand why in a university yeah. we don't have a science and technology museum. Makes sense. You know? I mean, agriculture mechanical museum. I mean, we're, yeah. wh- why don't we have these things? It, it doesn't make sense. It's always been, well, we only do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. you know, but, but we're a big city now. We've got 120,000 people minimum sure. and uh, a very diverse uh, population. And we need to, we need to be looking after them. We need to be finding more things for them to do to, to keep them here. My kids, both college educated, advanced degrees, they won't live in town here. Why? Because there's nothing for them to do. Hmm. I mean, you can go ice skating. You can go. You can go. You know, go to the restaurants. But mm-hmm. I mean, they they live outside the Houston area, and, and in 15 minutes they can be in, in a world class museum. We got one sure. world class museum in this community. You know, and that and that's the Bush Library. Yeah. We need more. Okay. So I like to see that. I like to look more theater. I like and I like to see us uh, get people more engaged in what's mm-hmm. going on. You know, more more parties basically okay um, this is a college town very cool so we got to get back totally to normal with the coronavirus thing first yeah but. yeah but what's this what's really exciting and, and I'm, I'm proud to say that way back when in 19, 1999 there's a lot of controversy about building a parking garage in northgate my mm. god this is a waste of money you're gonna lose money and sure enough we did now we're making money on it but the point is that we're losing money on it the reason why we did that garage because there was a parking problem in northgate mm. and businesses were suffering yeah. And we thought if we build a garage and provide this, that's going to spur more development. Drive down what used to be Northgate is now downtown College Station. Sure. And you see, it started with that garage, buddy. Oh, I wow. mean, I'm, I'm, and when I came here, this town had uh, 17,000 people. So I've seen a lot when of When was that? 1970. Yeah. 1970. I hitchhiked down here to go to school in 1970. Never looked back, huh? No, nope. married <laughs> a girl from Snook, Texas. Well, wow. the suburb of Snook. She had a population of 12. People that lived out on the A&M farm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow, 17th. Yeah, my parents were here in the early 80s, and it was already 30,000. Oh, that's 000, when we had the big oil like boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when things were popping. Oh, it was. We bought a house. <laughs> we bought a, a little 650-square-foot home for $28,000 at 13% interest. God. That was a huge amount of money back then. Wow. If it was on, If it was... Uh, by today's standards, it'd been like over a hundred, two hundred thousand oh, dollars yeah. for this little piece of crap Golly. that needed everything. But we added on to it five times, well, four times. I wanted to. You briefly mentioned Brian when you were uh, giving your last answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the relations between Brian and College Station. You know, from BCS Habitat's perspective, mm-hmm. we more see it broadly. We see. More or less, uh, you know, one community, one labor market, one housing market. But we also see what looks like the cities maybe trying to work together in certain areas like tourism and then drifting apart. Uh, you've said that um, you think this is the way of the future, that, you know, the experience BCS, you know, didn't work. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about where you see College Station going in terms of Brian? Well, I, I, well, it's always been, Brian is the old county seat. Brian, sure. Brian was the, was the, you know, mm-hmm. Brian was the place where people went to to do business. Right. Then the college was separated by about, by, by, by five, six, five, say, yeah. seven miles of, of trees. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no, there was no synergy between them. In fact, uh, college station as an identity began in 1876. Yeah. That's when you came in. And, and everything happened on campus. You had your mm-hmm. schools on campus. You had your hotel on campus. You had housing on campus. Sure. Everything was on there. 1938, they uh, voted to uh, become 
uh, an incorporated city. And from, since then, they've grown. Uh, Brian has grown too. Brian annexed as much as he could and tried mm-hmm. to annex College Station. Didn't. Yeah, I heard about uh, that. Uh, North Oakwood s- subdivision in Brian mm-hmm. actually was built by Herschel Burgess and his okay. development company, and was considered part of College Station. But after when they voted to incorporate, the North Oakwood uh, subdivision said they didn't want to be part of College Station. They wanted to be with Brian because Brian had a better school. Okay. And that's why. Otherwise, it would have been that would have been part of oh. uh, College Station. So, uh, listen. When when we can work together, we work together. Sure. I, I painted as many homes and I know as many families in Brian as I do College Station. Mm-hmm. But politically, we have different philosophies. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have a tra- listen. Highway Six runs both ways. That's the one thing I heard real fast when I first came down sure. here. And so. Uh, and that's the way it works. And you have, and I like it that we have options. You have different lifestyle, different, different, um, philosophies, different sure. politics. So, but okay. we work together. I mean, we have the, we have the twin city landfill, uh, mm-hmm. together. We work with the library together. We have a, an agreement with that. We have interlocal agreements with the fire and the police and EMS. I mean, we, we're looking after people. Sure. Our concern is always about people, but in terms of politics, philosophy, Mm-hmm. They they go in one direction and we're going in a different direction. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Do you see anything on the horizon that would say y'all get into more or less the same philosophy uh, in the future, or you think no. this is where no, it'll I, be? I I think it's good to have choices. You know, okay. I I like competition. I think it's important. Yeah, All my right. life, never worked for anybody other than the person that wrote the check. And I was competing with every other painter in town, and believe me, there were a gazillion of them. Right. And I never was without work hmm. because I offered a product that people were willing to pay for and at a price that they thought was reasonable and, and uh, better than the other guy. Okay. That's it. And I think cities are the same way. I want to provide a city with amenities and, and services and things and things to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if you like it a lot and you want to live here, fine. If, if you can still like it and live in another city, you can live sure. in Navasota or, 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 Snook or, or Somerville or, or Brian okay. and still enjoy the amenities here. What do we go downtown? Downtown, when I came to, when I came down here, downtown, Brian was the place to shop for things. And then it died. Mm-hmm. And then they had a council that had some vision and they decided, yeah. look, let's build this back up. And it's wonderful. It's a great, mm-hmm. great place, you know? Yeah. And our North Gate was just a place with, with, uh, the Aggie Den. Charlie's, Charlie's mm-hmm. uh, grocery store and Carol's Corner. That was it. Right. Two pinball machines. That was all the entertainment. <laughs> okay. Now it's downtown College Station. Sure. I mean, it's a thriving urban area. Right. So I don't see I don't see us competing. I mean, okay. uh, we work together on uh, uh, the Brazos Valley Economic Development Corporation, yeah. where we all we get together with the university, with the county, with the city of Bryan, and then we look at different. Uh, businesses that we try to recruit to come in here and the businesses decide okay i want to set up shop outside in the county or out in bryant or in college station okay well with the couple of minutes we have left is there anything we've left out that you would like to discuss or would you like to tell our audience how um they can get involved in your campaign contact you things like that oh well listen i'm if, if you vote for me, I appreciate it. If you don't, that's okay too. You know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, everything goes on. Been here a long time and uh, we'll die in this town and that's it. So uh, if, if you want to know about what I've done in the past and what I, what I look at now, uh, you go to MaloneyForCollegeStation.com. Uh, 
uh, I'm real proud of a lot of things we've accomplished, and there's a list of them. And I've just picked out the cherries mm-hmm. on, on my website because I've served on just about every committee the City of College Station has ever had. Wow. On purpose, so I learn about it. I'm just sure. a painter, you know, but I know how to read. I got an English degree, so I know how yeah. to read. And I know how to paint houses, <laughs> and I can speak Spanish, so I can paint houses. Oh, so it works. <laughs> so, but... Uh, uh, one, one thing that I'm working on now that I'm real excited about is providing a true recreation center for okay. the City College Station and the Military Museum for Very uh, cool. Veterans Park. I think those would be tremendous assets for the community. Great. Well, thank you so much uh, for speaking to us today. We appreciate it. Thank you for what you guys do, man. I mean, yeah. to tell you, and that's the thing about ha- Habitat for Humanity. You guys vet things. You do the job right. You're honest. You're fair. And you're not exploiting the system. But you got to be careful of other nonprofits. Because they can come up and say, oh, you know, we love you and everything. Look at the NFL. They were a nonprofit. Think about that, folks. <laughs> yep. Goodwill. He makes a million dollars a year. Think about that. I mean, so I. <laughs> well, we appreciate now it. Now you're going to get a job with Goodwill. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much My again. My pleasure, Charlie. I All appreciate right. it. Thank, thank you. you. Think Brass's podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Alexa. We'd love to hear from you and what you think of our content. You can send us an email at thinkbrasses at gmail.com or message us through social media. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think Brasses. Think Brasses.